Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I am so excited today. We are welcoming Christy Whitman to the TNT mic. She is a transformational leader, celebrity coach, law of attraction expert, and a two-time New York best-selling author. Today we're talking about all the books, all the energy, but I'm going to leave it with this quote that she says, I was outwardly successful, but inwardly trapped until I decided to make a change. I think everybody can relate to this at some point. This conversation covers it all. If you're in it and you want to make a change, listen in. Christy, thank you so much for what you're doing for this conversation and all the positive energy you're putting out to this world. We will check in again soon. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube where we have all the videos coming at you. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am so excited today. We are welcoming a rock star to the Turmeric and Tequila mic, uh, Christy Whitman. I'm going to give a little bit about her bio. It's Pretty miraculous. And as you know, on Tumor Tequila, I let the artist, the creator, the author tell them about, tell us about themselves. So here's her quick intro. You probably already know her though. Christy Whitman is a transform transformational leader, celebrity coach, and law of attraction expert, as well as a two-time best-selling, New York best-selling author of The Art of Having It All and Taming Your Alpha Bitch. She is also the author of the international bestseller, The Desi Desire Factor and Quantum Success. Christy has appeared on the news, the Today Show, the Morning Show, TEDx, and the Hallmark Channel, just to name a few. She's been featured in Goldcast, People Magazine, 17, Woman's Day, Hollywood Life, Teen Vogue, just to name a few of the publications. And she's also the CEO and founder of Quantum Success Learning Academy and Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 10-month law of attraction coaching certification program. Wow. Well, Christy, you are a busy human <laughs> being. Uh, manifesting is your cardio, apparently. Yes. I love it. Manifesting is my cardio. I love it. Well, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited. I don't know if you've heard of our show or what, but we have had a host of conversations around the law of attraction. I think in my personal world, it's it's coming up and I, I try to be an intentional human as much as I can. Uh, but but here we are. So I think something something's working. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about our conversation. Yes. Well, I, I just gave, uh, you know, the quick, like the LinkedIn, the, the, the formal bio, but I love to unpack the human um, before we get to all the success stories in the life journey. So tell us a little bit about young Christy, how we grew up and how we kind of got to where we are today. Well, I was, I mean, born and raised in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, I had an upper middle class family and my mom had, mom and dad had a lot of uh, friends that were wealthy, but they were always in a place of comparison and nothing was ever enough. And I, I watched and witnessed my mom, no matter how hard my dad worked or what he accomplished or what he gave her, it was just never enough. And she was always comparing him to her friends and you know whatever they had. So I grew up like that. And I didn't realize that that was, it didn't feel good. I knew intu intuitively it didn't feel good, but I didn't know another way of being. And I found myself where this really just hit me in the face where I graduated from college. I moved to Chicago to start a career and um, met and met and was engaged to a guy that I you know, was about to get married to, obviously, and just found myself really unhappy. And, and I thought that, and I was kind of raised that if you have all these things, like a check, check mark, you know, on checkbox that I would be happy. 
And so lo and behold, I accomplished everything I wanted to at a very young age. I got a really good career going. I was making money. I was engaged to be married, you know, and I wasn't happy. I was really unfulfilled. And for me, that was a turning point because it was a, it was a real realization that, wait a minute, it's not about accomplishing or achieving something in order to be happy. So if it's not, what, what is it about? And those questions led me, and this is 25 years ago, those questions led me to um, break off the engagement, move to Northern California. I started meditating. Um, I met a woman that meditated because for me, that was 25 years ago, you know, meditation. And I didn't know anybody that did that. I thought it was like a guru guy that sit on top of a mountain that was the only people that meditated. And so when I met my meditation teacher, she said something that absolutely changed my life. And she said, you create your own reality. Now, again, this is not internet time. We, we, we couldn't, we weren't hearing this stuff all the time. I'd never heard that before. And yet something in me was birthed and opened up and what, what caused then a series of events, because I then asked her, well, how do we create our own reality? And she said, by your thoughts, you're either attracting things to you or repelling things from you based on the way you think. Again, that was one of those moments of like the way I think my thoughts, you know, I thought that my thoughts were real. And so she wanted me to go and just take a, take a, a, just an observation trip, you know, for the next week, paying attention to what I was thinking. And I was absolutely shocked because I was very negative. I was very judgmental, critical, condemning, not only of myself, but everybody I knew, drivers on the road, you know, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. I was in that place where when I started digging deeper, realized oh, I'm thinking just like my parents. No wonder it's never enough. And so I started literally attracting to me and started downloading and, and bringing all this information on universal laws. And one of the universal laws that absolutely changed my life, most people know about law of attraction, is the law of sufficiency and abundance. And what I realized was that my parents still to this day, my mom's 85, dad's 89, they still think in worry, you know, fear-based, worse things going to happen. You know, they're very much in the lack perspective. They, they come from a very, like a victim consciousness, like life is happening to them and that they have no control over it. And my life started to change when I literally went from victim consciousness to creator consciousness. From, from a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance. And that's really what started everything for me. And about five years into you know, practicing this information and applying meditation and energy and all this different stuff, I was married to a really nice guy because I used to attract bad boys. Married to a really nice guy. I had health in my body, probably fit, more fit than I'd ever been. Money in the bank, absolutely no debt. I had a great career going on. And I found that moment again of, huh, I'm feeling like I'm missing something. And what I was missing was that feeling of purpose and passion in like what I do in the world, in my, what we call a career, right? The place where I have creative self-expression. And so I, what I knew was if I'm lacking something, the energy of the opposing opposite of that, so I'm lacking the feeling of purpose and passion, if I just cultivate and follow through and align with the energy of purpose and passion, then even though I don't know what the form is, it'll form itself. And so I started doing that. I started meditating on what it would feel like to be purposeful and passionate. 
And within a month's time, my first book, Perfect Pictures, downloaded through me at 105 in the morning. It was like a voice talking to me. I got up, started doing automatic writing. That happened seven days in a row. I got the book published. And then I started speaking at spiritual bookstores and churches. This is 20 years ago. So people were asking me to coach them. And I had no idea. What, like I thought football coach, you know, cheerleading coach. I mean, that was like my frame of reference for coaches. And I was one of the first coaches, I mean, to, to actually start coaching people and earning a living doing it 20 years ago. I always say that, you know, I was coaching before coaching was cool because it was considered very woo-woo. And yet I, the people that I was coaching, I loved doing it. They were having awesome success. And so I just continued to lean in and followed that path. And I went full-time in my coaching business 15 years ago. The Desire Factor is my seventh book. I have certified over 3,000 life coaches. I've created my own absolute having it all experience of life because I've applied these spiritual principles to every aspect of my life. And so I am... 15 years married with the love of my life. Um, I have two boys and uh, just, just really grateful for life and that I know what I now know. Yeah. Well, I, I really love that. I started, I come from marketing and branding world and I started to make together the podcast because marketing is essentially a ton of smoke and mirrors and it, it's a lot of good, but there's also just a lot of production and storytelling and, and that's what it used to be. And nowadays you see our kiddos, our young humans consuming this media all the time. And I kind of lean into original philosophy of reality is nothing more than applied meaning. So the reality is being created off these digital devices that um, are great for small businesses. It can streamline, you know, so much of our process and promotion and, and getting a, a positive message out. But there's also the flip side of that. So it's really about what I call graceful disruption and disrupting it. How did you lean in as a really young person and not having this as part of like your generational narrative? When someone tells you, you, you know, you create your own reality, what was inside you that like believed it? Cause that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, how do I get the kiddos to, to believe what, there's a better way? Yeah. I, I, I can't honestly explain that. It was just something that I knew to be true. It just felt like a, a truth for me. And, you know, I, I had kind of saw that because when I was living in Chicago, one of the things that I write about in the desire factor is that, you know, a couple of years before that I was a smoker and like a heavy smoker. I was a pack and a half a day smoker. And I remember having this epiphany moment when I went shopping with one of my girlfriends, we were, you know, in uh, one of the, uh, the malls in Chicago and I saw a coach purse. And I got so excited about this coach purse, but I told myself I couldn't have it until I quit smoking because my image, and it's, it's all subjective, right? It's all like what we think and what we perceive and everything. But in my mind, now I know there are people that smoke that have coach purses, but in my mind, the people that wore coach purses are non-smokers. And so for me to reward myself and award myself, you know, to get a coach purse, I would have to become a non-smoker. And that it really, the desire was a coach purse, but it's like who I became in the process of attaining that purse. Right. And I still haven't, I, I've been a non-smoker ever since, but what happened in that moment was something that I understood when she said, you create your own reality, because I thought about who I needed to become. And I then became that person. And so I started thinking like a non-smoker. I started feeling my way into what it would feel like to be a non-smoker you know, and, and that became what I did. And then the perfect moment came when like the situations all lined itself up where I got the information. I was like, I'm done. And I, I bought the patch. I did the patch, but I, I 
smoked my last cigarette, you know, 27, almost 28 years ago, because I wanted that purse, because I was wanting to become the person that would attain that purse. And so for me, it was when she said, you create your own reality, I had already had that type of reference of, yeah, I just, I just did that. Right. And I don't know how I did that, but I knew how powerful that was by shifting my thoughts and shifting my energy. Literally, it was like shifting my persona. I was no longer a smoker. I now embodied being a, a non-smoker. And so that kind of was, was evidence for me that I already did that. And, I, and intuitively, I already knew how. So it, I already saw the evidence before I found out that we do create our own reality. Do you think that skill set is innately, an intuition I, I know everybody has, is just, you know, if we choose to lean into it, do you think that, that skill set kind of like that reframing the mindset once you something the way you digest it makes sense to you? Do you think that's within everybody? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, every single person has the ability to bring in energy and to shift. It's kind of like, you know, watching a TV, right? And you have your remote control and you're like, ah, I don't want to be on that channel anymore. I want to go watch friends, you know, or, or something else, right? And it we all have that ability to change that energetic channel because that's what I did. I changed the channel of being a smoker and all that implied to being a non-smoker and all that implied. And it's literally like shifting and, and changing that within ourselves. Because when you think about it, all anybody ever has, we all have free will, but all we ever have free will about is our consciousness. And what is our consciousness? It's what we say, what we think, what we perceive, what we feel, and then the actions, behaviors, habits that we do, right? And so when you understand that, okay, I'm coming from lack in the way I'm thinking right now, I have the ability to change that thought into a thought that feels better, right? Or I could say more words that are more empowering instead of saying, I can't do something and say, I can do something. We all have that ability to do that. And the more that we practice it, the more we become self-actualized and the more that we really get to know ourselves and, and pay attention to ourselves, then we have more control to apply it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I, again, kind of leaning towards our kiddos. I'm here for our adults as well. But you look at, uh, you know, our, I don't know, you can argue nature or nurture. You see our Western culture and you see what's happening in our school curriculums or what's happening at homes. Um, I didn't grow up in a space where it was, we, do, we were a religious family. We were all very much athletes. So Sunday, like sports was our church and, and that's what we did. Um, but there was a little mindset with that as far as like visualization with sports, like winning a, a game or kicking a goal or whatever. But the conscious um, mindset around getting to know yourself, your core values, understanding what you want and you know your what you care about, like truly within your heart, it's still kind of a new conversation. I, however, again, the upside of the internet is people can, young people can seek out these kinds of conversations and start to question a better way earlier on and yeah. kind of navigate that space of like that, the breakdown or breakthrough of, of getting um, to a better, to a more conscious space. Do you think it's more a question of like getting into the homes or getting into the schools as far as shaping this mindset earlier? I think it's actually both. I mean, because when you think about, you know, a child, right, they're just so ripe with, you know, like the, they're like a sponge and who influences them is the caregivers in the home, the parents usually, because sometimes it can be aunts, uncles, you know, grandparents, but, and then it's their school. Right. So what philosophies are they learning in school? And like, is the school just teaching um, the basics of math and history and those kind of things? Or are they bringing in the conversation of mindfulness? You know, my kids, for example, go to a Montessori 
And it's great because they talk about mindfulness and they have them do a couple minutes of just centering in meditation and they'll have them as much as my kids just absolutely hate it. They'll have them do yoga a little bit in the morning and, you know, but it, it's good because it's teaching them to center themselves. And, you know, it, even the things that they do, like you're saying sports, I mean, sports has such a great ability to teach kids about, you know, how to cooperate and how to get along and work with others and, you know, you might have something that you make a mistake with. And if you beat yourself up the rest of the time you're on the field or doing whatever it is, you're going to be in a negative place where you're not going to show up and play well. But if you just let that last play go and you show up in your presence and you then go, you know, it's like I'm seeing that with my own kids where, you know, they go to a great school. They've got parents that are very conscious. We've been teaching about universal laws and law of attraction, how to master their energy, how to process their emotions, all of that. And yet they're gaining so much from the sports too. So it, it's really the activities also. It's really the entire, if you think of it as a bubble, it's like, what is their bubble and what's influencing them inside of that bubble? It, it, you know, are they are they being influenced by friends and video games? And if so, that's great. But what are the values that it's teaching them? What are they learning to, how are they learning to live on a daily basis? And if parents can start to help even teach them meditation, you know, not for hours upon hours, even if it's just two minutes to just, you know, breathe and feel themselves and process their emotions, you know, everybody's so much better off. Yeah. That sphere of influence, I think, is a really good point. What you said, it's everything kind of collectively coming in to our brains and or into our, our environment, impacting obviously like our thoughts and our uh, actions moving forward. And it's, it, I always argue like, I want to get to these, I want to get to, but I also on the flip side, I think we all things come in due time. So it's like this juxtaposition of putting the word out there and then also knowing like I, what I've listened to as a twelve-year-old, even if my parents were super super into certain things, I don't know. Like I don't know if I, I'm someone that I think a lot of like my type A's. Like we have to go through deep breakdown and breakthrough to be like, okay, now, <laughs> like now I'm here and we're, we're, we're catching on. Um, I liked one of your quotes. You said, I was outwardly successful, but inwardly trapped until I decided to make a change. And coming off the conversation of our young people, I think in 2021, coming off 2020, a lot of our parents are all say, dare I say, I just turned 40, our middle-aged humans are kind of at this point where maybe we've had corporate jobs or we're looking for a change. We're at that breakdown, breakthrough point, and we're questioning a better way. What do you, you know, you had like a message come straight to you and you listen. What do you think is a good step one for that somebody that's in it that's like, okay, I hear this podcast. What is a good step one to make this change? First of all, connecting with your desires. I mean, that's why, you know, the desire factor is such a powerful book now more than ever, because there has been so much of you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't go here and you have to wear this and you can't, you know, there's so much of that that feels like our freedom has been taken away and our choices have been taken away. And so it's breaking out of that and saying, okay, wait, I'm gonna give myself permission again to, to dream and to desire because desires are the birthplace of all creation and nothing happens until there's a desire. And so a lot of times people get numb where they're just like, ugh, I'm going along. And especially if you get into a rut, like a lot of people got into in 2020, you know, it was like, they stop being creative. They stop asking themselves, you know, what do I desire? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to have? You know, what lights me up? Because those desires, when you start asking those questions, we start to receive desires and those desires get us excited. 
right? It, it, it moves energy through us. And then we start the creation process. And so giving ourselves permission to really sit with ourselves and asking, you know, what do I want in this next phase of my life? As I wrote in my one book, The Art of Having It All, it's like, you know, from decade to decade, from, you know, moment to moment, things change and we get to decide in all aspects of our life, what do I want to have? You know, in the aspect of my well-being and my body, what I want it to look like, what I want it to feel like, you know, do I want to challenge myself by going and hiking the Grand Canyon or running a marathon? You know, what do I want to do physically in my body for my finances? You know, am I am I good with where I'm at or what I what's the next level for me? Do I want to create that? You know, what how do I want to feel with my finances? And you know, you look into your career. Am I am I really loving? you know, what I'm doing for a living. And if not, you know, what am I, what am I perceiving that I'm missing? Right. And then feeling that energetic connection, like I did, I felt I was, you know, I was a pharmaceutical rep. I'd always desired to do that. I was making great money. And then I found myself going, is this it? Like I, you know, if I get a headache, I take peppermint oil, you know? So for me, I felt out of alignment trying to have doctors prescribe more of this medication because I wouldn't even do that for myself. So it was like, I want to, I want to be on purpose and, and I want to feel passionate about what I'm doing. So that birthed the new desire. So we have to remember that life is going to cause contrast, meaning things that we don't want, or we become aware of things that we don't appreciate. And in that we can take that contrast of what we don't want and ask ourselves three things. What do I want? Why do I want it? And then how do I want to feel? Because we always want something because we think that if I get it, I'm going to feel a certain way. If we can just identify what's the feeling state that we think we're lacking in and feel that, whether it's passion, purpose, freedom, joy, security, support, whatever it is, start to cultivate that feeling. Well, now we draw more experiences to us. Um, very well said. And I really, I love how you talk about, um, well, fears, trauma, and letting go. I think that's such a really, three really big things. And you talk a lot about that in a few of your books, or probably all of them, um, in, in that process. But I think sometimes you have to clear that stuff up to get to what you really want. Do you think that those, like that process is, happens like collectively, or do you think it's like, you got to unpack some stuff before you really know what you want? It's, it's always, it's always ongoing. It's, yeah. it's a constant, we're always in a state of transition, whether it's from this moment to this moment or from, you know, a relationship to not, or a new job, there, there's always a, you get to know yourself when you attract something and you are wrestling around with it or, you know, relating with it, you get to know more of what you like and what you don't like. And that's the beauty of getting older is right. I'm 50 now. And it's like, I'm clear of what I want to spend my time on. And I'm clear on what I don't want to spend my time with. Cause I know what lights me up. I know the people I want to be around. I know, you know, what I want to uh, create, what, what gives me juice and what doesn't you know, and so it's, it's a constant involvement of learning ourselves, learning with ourselves and saying no to the things that don't work, letting go of the resistant and the old past, you know, imprints and traumas that, that come up. I mean, the thing, the thing to know, and here's the beauty about desires is that wherever you are in your life, when you make a desire, when you create a desire, there's a gap between where you are, the absence of it and you having it. And 
the beauty of it from a vibrational perspective is that we have to become more of ourselves in order to attain that next place or that next thing that we want to do. But while we're trying to be a match to it, whatever is unconscious or trauma or blocking or bushwhacks or any of those kind of things, they come up in order for us to look at it in order to release it so that we can become more of who we really are. And so it's always a, a letting go and then moving forward, a letting go and moving forward. And I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of, you know, I, I, I coach NFL players. I mean, I coach professional dancers and, you know, movie stars and in celebrities of all kinds, you know, to housewives, right? I mean, I, it, it's a big range. Every single person, no matter where on, they are on their journey, always will have some form of unconsciousness come up in order to be released. But the thing is, is that most people, because they don't know, they don't have practical tools, it comes up and it blocks them and stops them because they have that as a memory or they have that as, oh, I don't want to do that again, instead of releasing that in order to become something better, different, more. I, it's funny because I, I coached for uh, 10 years out of high school and I, I was a varsity head coach at a, a high school year. And I would hear my kiddos as they graduate and still kind of touch them at like 25, 26, like, I'm just so late for this. I haven't accomplished all the things. And then my 20 and 30 year olds are like, I'm too late to make a change or whatever. And then 30, 40, we're kind of like, man, should I be pivoting right now? It's kind of like, do you hear, I feel like I'm too late a lot. Yeah, I, I feel I hear it on both ends. I'm too young to do this. Am I okay. too young? Is it too? And I hear, is it too late? And and that's just the thing is that there are remarkable human beings that have done things later in life. I mean, you know, there like there is um, who is it? Uh, the the chef uh, Julia. Oh. She, oh, she always had the, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> she, she always had that funny voice. Um, she started creating cookbooks it, later in life. Like when she was in her late fifties, Julia, oh, Julia, Julia Childs. Childs. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We yeah. Should, you know, I know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, the people that have done incredible things later in life. I mean, even just if you think about Stan Lee, who created all of the Marvel movies, I mean, he started doing that later in life in his like 50s. So it's never too late to do what you love. It's never too late to start connecting with your divine part of you. It's never too late to create desires. I mean, you, you know, it's like, it, and it's never over either. It's not like, oh, well, I didn't do it. It's like, no, every moment is a, is a fresh new moment to push the reset button, to get clear on what you want and move in that direction. You know, it doesn't matter what our age is. Right. I, well, I think we kind of grow up with this idea of life is short. Like you got to pack it in. It's, it's, it's a, and then I heard a friend say, life is long. And I'm like, you're right. And I, I Hoda Kopp is one of my favorite humans. You know, she's on the Today Show. She adopted kids after 50, got, is going to get married after 50 and has got her career, you know, changed after, I mean, so many, so many marvelous things. And she's such a bright light. If you're a fan or not, you can watch her five minutes and you can just feel the energy. And she's yeah. a phenomenal example of that. And if I can reflect on 40 years, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much I didn't know at 20. There's no way I was prepared to, you know, question these uh, alternative ways of living at that time. So there's, there, I, I'm with you as, as I get older, I appreciate things. And there's no part of me that would go back to my 21 year old self. All those, although those were great days, um, we're here for the here and now. I do want to so, talk so, about 
two, two things I just want to say about that. Yeah. So I, I, Hoda interviewed me um, when I was on the Today Show and she is such a bright light and, and she's amazing and she's such an inspiration that it doesn't matter what age you are. So I wanted to just touch on that. And second of all, it's funny as you look at your 40 and 50, right? You can look back and go, God, it went so fast. But then you look back and go, but there was so much that I did and experienced. So it's both and it goes fast and there's a lot of life that is lived in and it doesn't go fast, right? So it's both and. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Are, have you gotten good about being present? Like I know obviously you're deeply skilled in it, but is it something you constantly have to practice? All, all the time, all of us do, because here's, here's why is that, you know, books like be in the now and all that in, in, you know, Buddha saying, just be in the now, all there is, is the now. Well, really there isn't just the now because our minds are always cycling between our past, our present and our future. Our minds literally are constantly scanning like, Ooh, what am I going to do for lunch? What did I have for dinner last night? You know, Ooh, where do I want to go on vacation? Well, last time I went there, you know, it's doing this cycle. But what happens is we can't stay in the presence if in the present, if our past is pulling us to say, Ooh, don't do that. Oh, that's going to fail. Oh, you did that last time. Oh, you trusted yourself in love. And you've got these energetic imprints that are warning you, right? It's, it's hard to stay in the present moment when you've got the past that is pulling you because of the energy imprints. And then it's also hard to stay in the present when you are projecting into a future that doesn't look bright. If you're projecting into a future where you don't have what you want and you're not experiencing, you're experiencing shortage and it's fearful and it's scary, it's very hard to stay present because you want to leave yourself because it's uncomfortable as you look towards your future. So really the, the true you know, way to be present is that when the stuff from the past come up, you release it and clean it up. When you're thinking about projecting into your future about any desire you may have, you're in alignment with that desire and you're not letting shortage or lack consciousness dictate what you're going to create. So it's being in the presence with feeling good about your past and excited about your future. I need to put that on loop and just have that clip readily available at all times so I can <laughs> get back into the moment because it is. It's such a cycle. And it's even when you're good about it. I don't know. I've just found it. It's a constant practice. So I'm glad to hear that the experts are, are in it as well. That gives me a little more faith. <laughs> um, you 100%. touched on the, the correlation between uh, all things are energy, but your mental and your physical. I think people are so disconnected that when your mind's out of alignment, you, it'll physically show up in your body, meaning injury or cancer or headaches. And uh, I applaud all things essential oils. Of course, I'm here for Western medicine to a T because I think there's a time and place. But how much has the physical, or I should say, has it at some point, has, have you physically been broken down that's helped you bring to a breakthrough, like some sort of illness or anything that's like, oh, this is energetically connected? Yes. Um, when I turned 45, all of a sudden, all the things that I was normally doing in my life no longer were working. I gained 20 pounds and it was like I wasn't eating any differently. Um, I was working out the same way. I felt constantly tired. I was moody. I mean, my mood swings would be like up and down. My husband was like, what is happening with you? And the Western medicine doctors would say, oh, you're 45, your hormones, you're paramenopausal. So that's just the way it is. And now that you're this age, you know, you're going to have to work out more elite less because, you know, now you're going to continue to gain weight. And I went, no, uh-uh, 
that, that that's not happening. And within less than a year's time, I completely healed when I did go get blood work and all that kind of stuff. Um, my thyroid was completely shot. I mean, I had just the estrogen and the testosterone. I mean, everything was just shot and I was able to literally level things out. I am 50 and healthier than I've ever, ever been. And another thing, and just this brings up is that when I had kids, I was um, 38 and 39, almost 40 when I had my, my two boys. And what happened was, and I would hear this from everybody that was a parent. Oh, now that you're a mom, you're going to get sick all the time. And I was like, what, what, why? And even though I didn't have my kids in like a daycare, so to speak, I would go to the gym and there would be a gym daycare and there wasn't a lot of children in there, but they would get sick, right? They had the runny noses and then I would get it 10 times worse. So I got to a point where it was like, I constantly was sick every single month. I would get better and then get another cold. And I remember what really hit me is we were about to go on a Disney cruise and everybody was well. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's just keep everybody well. And there was a little bit, little girl that came into the daycare, like two days before we were about to leave for our trip. And I was like, if she, and she had a runny nose, and I'm like, if that little girl, I was so like, if that little girl gets my children sick, I'm going to be mad. Well, what happened is they got sick. And then I am literally getting on the shift ship hacking and coughing and all this stuff. And I went, wait a minute. I've been focused on oh my God, you know, and a lot of people have been doing that with the pandemic, like, oh, I got to, you know, keep myself away from all of these bad germs. And I became a germaphobe and, you know, freaking out about, oh my God, that kid's got a running nose. Let's stay, you know, 50 feet away from that person. It became more of a shift of, wait a minute, if I have a strong immune system and I am in well-being energetically, I can be around a little snotty nosed kid and I won't get sick. And that mindset shift completely shifted so much so that I started doing things like getting acupuncture every two weeks to increase my immune system, right? I was just totally focused on I am well. And now it's amazing, knock on wood. Anytime the kids or my husband get sick, I still have total full well-being. I haven't been sick in years because I am focus totally on what I do have control of. And that is my consciousness co completely and totally aligning with well-being. Even when the uh, pandemic hit, people were freaking out, right? I'm like, if I get it, I know that I'm going to be in full well-being and my body will knock, you know, it will work it out. And, and I could be around it and not even get it because I vibrate in full well-being. And that is just the truth. That's my commitment. That's my decision. I love that. That is such an important conversation, particularly in 2021 when we are trying to take hold of not just our lifestyle, our career, our choices, but our health. And I, it's, it, the conversation is so separate and it, it's so not. And I, yeah. it's unfortunate that these kind of conversations or even that question is like, oh, like people hear something like, oh my God, you're right. I think back to like the worst part of my life and I was the sickest or I got injured or something, you know, had screwed me off and I had to like unpack that mindset. So I'm, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think, again, I think it's such a really important conversation. Uh, shifting awesome. a little bit, so we're on book number seven. Um, you've covered, I think main themes of just human optimization is kind of my background. So I'll say human optimization, generally speaking, why the desire factor now, and tell us a little bit about it. 
Well, it was interesting because um, all of my books come through as like a download. And so I don't go to just write a book. I don't go, oh, it's perfect time to write a book on desires, right? It's like, it literally comes through me and I need to write about it. And this, this one was different because it came in waves. And the first wave, it, it's, I don't know why this always happens, but when I'm on a cruise ship, this always happens. But I happened to be on a cruise ship. I was in the middle of the Mediterranean. I was on this cruise ship with my mom and my dad, my husband and my two boys. I gifted everybody a trip, first class, right? Just amazing accommodations. And we had just gotten back on the, the ship from Venice, Italy. And I was unwrapping a bag from Dolce & Gabbana purse. And I was appreciating this purse. And I was reflecting as I'm holding this purse, I'm reflecting on, again, who I became in the process of being there on that ship holding this purse. Because what you don't know is about uh, eight years, probably prior to that, I think it was maybe seven or eight years, I went on a trip with my husband and my mom and dad to Italy. And one of the places that we went is we went to Venice. And I've always been a fashion girl. I love fashion. I've always, like when I was a little girl, I just loved dressing up. So here we get to Venice. And I thought literally I found like the, you know, fashion capital of the world. I mean, store after store after store, stores I never had seen before. It was just crazy right next to each other. Dolce and Gabbana and Fendi and, and Gucci and Chanel and Versace. And, you know, it just went on and on. And I was like a hummingbird, you know, going in each of those stores. And my husband, boyfriend at the time was looking at me and he's like seeing these high-end purses and high-end stuff. And he goes, I don't think I can afford you. Now, Keep in mind, I had just started my coaching business. I left corporate America. So I was just starting out in my coaching business full time. And when he said, I don't think I can afford you. I said, you don't have to, I'll afford myself. And I declared right there, I am gonna make tremendous amount of money while I create massive impact. And someday, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna come back to Venice and I'm gonna go in any single store that I want to, and I'm gonna buy whatever I want to. Right. Because just because I'm, I'm going to have the freedom of that success to do that. So here I was back on this cruise ship, had a day with my husband where like a hummingbird went into all those stores. I didn't even pick the most expensive thing. I just found the one that called to me and I loved it. And so we had this great day having pasta and just having this incredible experience. And here I'm holding this bag, reflecting on this amazing journey of, of what that desire created. And I hear a voice that says, that's so materialistic. And I'm like, where did that come from? Well, it was my sister's voice because my sister never got the fun stuff of materiality, right? It's like, there is material things. There's cars. If we're gonna go from point A to point B, why not drive a car you love? If you're gonna live in a house, why not live in a house that just, you feel so beautiful. Like you just love it. You feel like it's your sanctuary right? Material things are ours to enjoy while we're in the physical experience. And so for me, holding this beautiful purse and having this amazing experience and reflecting on who I became and, you know, the generosity of, of all that I've created and the impact, that negative voice came in and said, you're so materialistic. And then that created literally this conversation about nothing here on planet earth is not spiritual. It wouldn't exist if it didn't. It, 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 everything's spiritual. 
even the material stuff is spiritual because it's created first by energy. Nothing is created without energy and all energy is divine. So it's embracing the wholeness and the oneness of all the things that we want to experience and stop judging ourselves for wanting something, whether it's making more money or living in the bigger house or, you know, traveling to beautiful places the way you want to travel, whether it's first class, five star, whatever. And that just kind of downloaded through me and then it paused. And then I started full on channeling the quantum council of light, as I talk about in the desire factor. And then it started revving up again because the council who I channel had, you know, a step-by-step -step pro process in order to create your desires. And so that's what this book is. It's based on seven principles to have us understand that co-creative relationship between that desire to have a purse, you know, so many years ago to become more of who I am, like the smoking, like the coach purse, all of it's a journey and it, though in material things, desires that we have are like spiritual breadcrumbs that help us grow and expand. And so that's why it just, it took a little bit of like phases, but when it came through, it, you know, it's, it's perfect timing for this conversation because so many people have closed off to their desires. And so many people have started to believe that oh, I shouldn't want anything. I should just be happy with what I have. Well, be happy with what you have, but get excited for more. That's the perfect formula. I love it so much. And you put this on the cover, how to embrace your materialistic nature to reclaim your full spiritual power. And that really says it because I do think there's such negative ties to wanting more. And furthermore, knowing that you deserve it. That's a really hard thing to conceptualize and, and be like, yeah, I know I deserve it. I deserve it. And this is something I still unpack myself of like, well, you want certain things and I'm okay for all the nice things. And I love that you went from coach to Chanel or Fendi or whatever the next level up was. Perhaps someday you might even design your own bag because this is coming up like <laughs> at different points in life. So I'll just put that out to the universe. You never know. I'd love uh, to. I would love to. I just love fashion. <laughs> Come to TNT because I'm actually leaning into fashion and whatnot. This is a whole other podcast, but uh, we're here for all things fashion. So how are you, girl? But how do you, how do you convince somebody or what is the conversation where like, where you really get people to understand that they deserve this? Or deserve their desires well it, it, all of us are an extension of universal energy we're all an extension of the divine i mean you know when we pass we talked about how life is long and and quick at the same time we all know that eventually we're all going to have an expiry date right like our passport's going to expire and we're going to go back into non-physical at least the life part of us and and the rest of us is a shell that will either get cremated or buried into the earth, right? It's like, the, the, we know this. Well, what's animating all of us is the life. It's, it's energy. And it's not just in us, it's out of us. It's around us. It's creative. It's, it's energy. And when we understand that we are co-creating, and there's stuff that the divine does that we don't have to do. We don't have to sit here and beat our hearts. I mean, none of us have to go, okay, let me make sure I'm, my heart is beating. It's being done for us, just like breathing. You know, we could take our own breaths. We can't beat our own heart. We can make our heart rate higher or lower, right? If we run, and mount, run a mile or whatever, do physical activity. But the ultimate beating of the heart is our co-creative life partner that is literally doing that for us. It's literally pulsating blood through every part of our body. We don't have to do that. We don't have to digest our food. You know, when, when a woman gets pregnant, when I was pregnant with my two boys, I wasn't like, okay, I gotta, I gotta create an arm today. You know, it's like all that's being done 
And when we can lean into that invisible but very real part, we start to know that, you know, that part of us is not like that. I had to get over this, that religious God symbol that sits on a cloud, almost like Santa Claus that looks and goes, okay, she did good today. She gets a check mark. Oh, she did bad. She gets coal in her stockings. You know, God, the God source is not like that. The divine God, all that is loves us unconditionally, love, adores us, wants more for us than we want for ourselves. We're, we're all divinely designed for well-being and success and love and abundance and all good things. We're here to thrive and to feel good. And as we start to understand that and move, live, move into that, then we know that we're important, we're deserving, we're valuable, that we're enough, and that really all is well. Very well said. And that's another loop that I'm, I'm going to maintain it and keep on play. You, you mentioned your two young boys, and I love that you talked about being a mom later in life. I think that's huge. I've actually had five friends that have had, recently had kids past 40, and it's becoming more of a norm. Do you think there is a good time to start these conversations with our, our, our kiddos or do you, you know, do your boys read the desire factor? Like when did you start to introduce this higher conscious thought conversation to your kiddos? Before they were even born, I was doing meditations with them, having these conversations. The conversation is energetic before it actually becomes a word kind of thing. So while they're in the womb, I meditated. I did. I got Reiki treatments. You know, I was making sure that my energy was a really good host for them and that they had an good, a really good environment to be on in. And even when they were little, um, many years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago now, my husband and I created um, a program that's no longer available, but it was a physical program called the Enlightened Kid Program. And in that we had affirmations and they're like little posters that we put above their cribs. And every night when we put them to bed, we would say affirmations to them. You are valuable. You are powerful. You are free. You are good. You are love. All is well. And then when they started being able to talk, it's actually so adorable. There, there when, when my son Alex was about a year and a half and he could speak, he'd be like, I am free, I am good. You know, he started, he started then, instead of us saying you are, he started bringing it in that I am, I am good, I am love. And when they would, perfect example, if my son Alex got, got jealous of his younger brother, Max, and hit him or tried to pull something from him, we would talk about law of attraction. You're going to get what you give back. So if you're generous and loving, you're going to get that back. And we would, we would, you know, talk about these kind of things. Um, when my son was, I think he was about five years old, my oldest son, Alex, he got his heart broken, right? He had this crush on a little girl. It starts so early and he got his heart broken. And I just sat there with him and I said, cry every tear, allow yourself to just cry every tear let the energy move through you, right? Connect more with the energy that you want. If they get hurt, we're talking about bring in light, bring in that light healing energy. You, your body just knows well-being. Uh, you know, I, I do healings for them and I've actually started doing healings for some of the kids on the soccer teams. If they get um, hurt, I'll come over and go, you want a healing? And they're like, yeah, you know? So it's been a conversation that they've just been with since day one and it will always continue because that's how we live our lives. That's amazing. I can't wait to see what they're doing in 20 years. As you're telling this, I'm thinking like, this is not what my parents did. In fact, I actually remember my mom being like, yeah, we knew we were going to go into, into labor. So I took a shot of whiskey and I'm like, 
well, maybe this was the your manifestation of my world now. I don't know. My parents are phenomenal. It was the 80s, folks. So, you know, it's a whole different set of health and wellness. I, my mom, my mom took Valium when I was when she was pregnant with me. And I'm like, it's a wonder, really. Yeah. It's be okay. But the intentional, I'm I'm genuine when I say I'm really excited to see their pursuits in their world because uh, they're equipped with these skill sets so early on. Five to have your heart broken is that's pretty young. So he is going to have a, a massive set of skills to uh, maintain really successful relationships, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's amazing. Someone asked me yesterday, is it more exciting to see them succeed or you succeed? And I said, it's way more exciting to see them succeed. And as a matter of fact, like they're both thriving in their lives. We just literally got their report cards from school and they're both all A and Bs and they've got lots and lots of friends and they're likable and they're succeeding on their soccer teams. And, you know, Maxim, I'm just like such a proud mama because he went into a soccer camp last week for Real Madrid, which is, you know, one of the major professional European soccer teams. And he was asked and picked out by among those players that were there at the soccer camp to go and train with Real Madrid coaches and players next spring. You know, and it's like, whether we go or not, just the fact that he was asked is such an honor. So I see them thriving in their lives. I see the presence and the light in them. And, you know, I just see them in all aspects of their life. They're healthy, you know, they're into fitness, they, they eat well. I mean, just, they, they're just good hearted human beings. And that just thrills me beyond anything. Cause I know that it's, you know, the, the relationship that I have with my husband and, and myself, this is one of my biggest things is that my mom and dad, they've been married 65 years. They're in their eighties. They do not have a good relationship. They've never been respectful to each other. They've never known how to communicate. Um, it's actually very abusive emotionally and mentally. And at some points have been physically. And I knew as a small kid, I used to beg my mom when I was a kid, I was about seven years old, divorce him. And she would say, well, what am I going to do? Because, you know, women back then, they relied on their husbands. They didn't have careers. They didn't believe in themselves to make money. And for me to create the family that I've created and the relationship with my husband so that my kids grow up in an environment where they see us hug and kiss and they see us flirt and, you know, they, they see us communicate. We might not always agree on the same thing, but they see us communicate so that we come to a common understanding. And I'm just, for everything I've accomplished in my life so far, that is the best gift I've ever given them. And I'm so grateful that I know what I know and I've transformed myself enough to be able to give that gift to them. What a wonderful message. I, I, just the fact of our past doesn't have to be our future. What we grew up with doesn't have to be the way we're going to be lovers or parents or show up in a relationship. And again, these are things I'm learning. So perhaps this whole interview was just for me to be like, it's okay. Like you're in it. And when you talk about your parents, I'm a product of divorce. My parents actually now have a great relationship and I idolize so much of their world. But again, this, these conscious conversations, the skill sets, the tools, just the mindset, none of that was there. And I have faith that at some point it might be with them, but the narrative I've had to, had, I've had to unpack over the years. So I hope people listening to this can say, that's not what I came from. And it's also not where I'm going. And you can ship that around. I think you already answered my next question. Uh, what is success to you right now? Like what's exciting after all these goals and accomplishments, fabulous kiddos, fam, husband, what are you excited about? 
You know, I, I'm excited about a lot of things, but success to me is just that absolute feeling of fun and joy on a daily basis, because I know that it's the, it's the feeling of being so joyful and, and, you know, contrast happens. I've, I have things that happen, but it's having those processes and tools to be able to get past the contrast, to be able to then return back into alignment. And that for me is success. That for me is really having it all, knowing that things are going to happen in the world. Things are going to happen. I'm going to get news. You know, I'm going to hear someone died or some, something happened. You know, someone's going to be rude. Someone's going to say something. Someone's going to have an opinion. But to be able to really neutralize that within myself so that I'm finding and creating that joy so that I can continue to have, you know, joyful moments with my kids and in my business, with my clients, with my husband, you know, that for me is, that for me is success. Very well said. Uh, I ask everybody on the show, turmeric is uh, my chill and tequila is my thrill. What is, what's your chill and what's your thrill? <laughs> well, my chill is definitely meditation and doing light work. And my thrill um, is just, you know, watching my boys play like sports, you know, watching them succeed. Um, I, I do different thrills, like we're going to go to hike the Grand Canyon, you know, so, so those are different thrills that I have as well. So I love yeah. that. Is, is there one piece of advice that you have heard over the years? And I, I know you've spoke with incredible humans and um, th that has really stuck with you that has helped kind of guide your journey. Oh, there's so many. I mean, really, it was that first moment of hearing that you create your own reality, because I go back to that all the time, that no matter if I'm pushing up against something in my world, I get to go, wait, I create my own reality. Like the example that I gave with me getting sick all the time is like, wait a minute, I'm not creating my own reality. I'm being a victim to this. So I create my own reality. Therefore, I can create my well-being. I can create my finances. I can create my success. I could create my loving relationship because I create my reality. I get to decide and flow with that energy and I'm in the power seat. I get to be the one responsible instead of a victim to. You're creating your reality. I, I really hope people hear this. And again, if you're at that breakdown, breakthrough point, know that you have the power to make the step forward and change things into what you want them to be and chase all the materialistic dreams because they're not a bad thing either. Uh, Chris, they're fun. They're fun. <laughs> Christy's handbags are coming at you. Be ready. Uh, where, where do we find you? And, and I'm going to keep within about four more minutes, but um, tell us a little bit about where we find you and the council, which I'm super intrigued about. Yeah, so the council are ascended masters. It's like high vibration consciousness that comes in and my consciousness goes out. So they come in and you can see on my YouTube channel, I have lots of lots of videos with the council. Um, I have my eyes closed and I sound like I have a British accent. So it's in the energy is very, very different. It, it looks like my body, but it doesn't look like me. So um, they're really here to teach, uh, you know, for all of us to be energy masteries, energy masters of our lives. So I have a YouTube channel. You can go to christywhitman.com. I have an amazing free program um, called Watch Your Words. That is a 30-day video program that's between two and four minutes each day that tells you the word or phrase you absolutely want to eliminate from your consciousness, why, and then what to say instead, because that's part of our consciousness is our words and words create everything. Words are the beginning of creation. So you go to watchyourwords.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. We'll list all your handles. And I do have to give a shout out. Your YouTube page is incredible. And I don't casually say this. I'm dipping into YouTube. We're working there. 
Um, but it's a new medium. There's 5,000 mediums now. Yours is very, very well done. So shout out to Thank that. You. That's a very big deal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I love what you're doing. Please check out Christy. Uh, it's, it, the books are phenomenal. The energy is wonderful. I love what you're putting into the world. I'm so deeply gracious that we have uh, a universe now that is consuming these top points and this conversation, I think as, as all things are, it's right on time and major shifts are happening. So I'm glad to hear you are a human at the forefront of it, kind of leading the way. Thank you so much. All right, we'll catch up soon. Check out Christy. I'll put all her handles down below. Like I said, the YouTube page is phenomenal. That's a great place to start. But Christy, I'd love to check in again down the road and, and somehow kind of keep in touch. And I will say, if you see Hoda before me, I'm manifesting it, please tell her I said hello. I will. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.